Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everything going? Here we are, middle of the week. Middle of the week it is. Hump day. <laughs> Hump day. Uh, but not in a good way. No, anyway. It, it, look, here we are. We're in a situation now where we are basically 11 and a half months away. I'm trying to do the addition. 11 times 25 times 85 minus 36 uh, minus 20 divided by 125 times 85. Okay, so we're basically 11 and a half months away from the first primaries. The first primaries. <clears throat> and uh, I guess Democrats want to start in South Carolina, but that's not going to work. It's going to start in Iowa anyway. So we're 11 and a half months away from Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, and then the New Hampshire primaries, because we can't just have primaries. We have to have caucuses. Caucuses are the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I actually was involved in a few of them. When I lived in Seattle, Washington has a caucus. Or at the time, they had, I don't know if they still do. Would the Democrats have a caucus? The Republicans have a primary? It's so ridiculous. Why can't we have one uniform voting way in this country? But anyway, I remember being part of this caucus. And being from New York, I had never been part of a caucus before. I had never been part of a caucus before. And so um, I, uh, I didn't know what to expect. And you sit in a room and, you know, people just argue. They, they argue, basically. They do. They argue. They don't really talk nice. Some people do, but some people, you know. And this was the, what, which one was this? This was 2008. This was 2008. <laughs> so this was the Democratic primary between Hillary and uh, Obama. And I remember going to the room and everyone's there and I, I forgot who I, support. no, I didn't forget. I, I want to pretend I forgot who I supported at the time. But at the time, I, I supported uh, 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 Barbara Obama, okay? I, I, I supported, no, I'm sorry. I, that's wrong. That's wrong. I, look, I'm almost forgetting or I'm trying to forget. Um, I support Hillary. <clears throat> At the time, I was a Hillary. This is how crazy my political life has been. I went from Hillary to Obama to Bernie to DeSantis. That's a big drop, a big drop, a big uh, gap between Bernie and DeSantis. But uh, yes, so that that's how crazy. But, you know, hey, hey, look, we believe in honesty, openness and honesty. And my life is an open book. It's an open book for you. It's an open book. And uh, except for the last three pages. Anyway, so it um, I, I remember being there in the room and I was a I was a Hillary. I was a Hillary. What do they call them? Advocate. Advocate. Is that the word they use at all caucuses? Anyway, I, I was um, I was a, a Hillary supporter, whatever. And uh, I was caucusing. I was cock. I was caucusing for Hillary. Which thing Bill never did. But um, bump. Hey. All right. So anyway, uh, so I went into the room and I, there must have been 20, 30, 40 people, I don't remember. And I, um, look, my reasoning at the time as a Democrat, so I was a Democrat. So I had the, in 2008, I was a Democrat. So I had the choice of really two people who had a real chance, right? There was Hillary and there was Obama. And my feeling at the time was that Barack Obama just was, simply wasn't ready to be president. Right. A young guy. He had been the senator for, I think, one term. Right. Was it one term? 
Was he in his fourth year or something of his first term? I think that's right. And, uh, and that she was much more experienced and that, you know, at that time, I thought it was indeed her time, it's, it's at least going up against Barack Obama. And anyway, so I was uh, there caucusing for Hillary and the Hillary supporters and the Obama supporters. I think the way it ended up, I think Obama won. I'm pretty sure Obama won. I think Obama may have won the Washington caucus, but I know I think I know he won in my group. And so it's just people like raising their hand and talking and giving their point of view. And you're allowed to go up and say a few words. This is why. So basically, the whole idea of a caucus is you can change people's minds, right? You can simply change people's minds. Someone can go in there, either saying, I'm leaning towards this person or I'm leaning towards the other person. And then you give a good speech and they go with, you know, so they, they might switch. Where in a, a primary, obviously, people go in and there's a private vote, just like any other election, and there's no bargaining. So um, we went in and went through the process. And, uh, and I believe Obama won. Okay. So once again, let's go back to my, what I was saying before about my thinking. My thinking was experience, right? I was thinking experience. I was thinking, you know, someone running for president should have some experience, all right, to be leader of the United States. I'm not talking about president of a country of, you know, 3 million people, not even Canada, 35 million people, 40. We're talking about a country of 330 million people. So I felt that the person running for president should have some experience, okay? Just like you should have some experience if you're going to run a company. If you're going to run a Fortune 500 company, it should be someone with experience of running a company, right? So that was my feeling. You know, my, my, you know, I'm a guy with that uncommon sense, man. I try to apply it to everything. You know, I don't think because you're running for a political office, especially the highest political office in the nation, if not the world, really, arguably the world, that you should have some experience, that you shouldn't just be able to be a schlub, you know, or just some, uh, just some businessman. You should, I mean, you're going to be running the biggest government in the world, one of the biggest governments in the world. So I chose, in 08, I chose Hillary over Obama. Okay, Obama won. So why, why, why was I even talking about this? Oh, okay, I know why I was talking about this. Because I, we're, we're getting to the point now, where, like I said, we're 11 and a half months out from the prime, first, the first primaries. We're only, what, six months out, five or six months out from the first debates. And now we're seeing people entering the race on the Republican side. And who was the first one? Trump, right? And then Nikki Haley. And now there's a guy who entered the race. And his name is Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. And to tell you the truth, I only know who he is because I've watched Fox News over the last three years. If I didn't watch Fox News over the last three years through the COVID Michigas, I would not know who Vivek Ramaswamy was. I'm guaranteeing if you watch CNN or MSNBC, you have no clue who Vivek Ramaswamy is. I want to say that I'm not here to make fun of Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's a good guy. Almost everything he spoke about during COVID, he was right about, right? I mean, from the start, he was on our side. And he always made sense to me. And he's young, right? And he's not a bad-looking guy. And he's young. He's only 37, I think. So he barely qualifies to run for president. And um, and I've watched him over the years talk about issues. And he's an entrepreneur, but, you know. He would talk about COVID, obviously, but also talk about economic stuff. And he always seemed to make sense to me, right? 
Um, and he's talked about tech and, 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 you know, the tech overreach and the censorship and all that, always on the right side. So I, I got to say, and he's very his big, big thing, like like DeSantis is anti-woke. He's basically an anti-woke crusader. He's talked about how wokeness has killed the workplace and the economy. That's his big thing. Once again, I've always agreed with him. I think he's a nice guy. I like him. I'm not quite sure he should be running for president of the United States. I've always had a problem with people thinking they can run for president of the United States just because they're a good businessman and they've made money. And he's a really good business guy. He's made money. He's very wealthy. He's extremely wealthy, which is why he can, which is why, see, this is the other problem. This is why he can run for president because he's wealthy. If he had my bank account, he couldn't run for president. Now, he decides in February he's running for president. And the day he decides, the day he announces it, Fox has him on because they have him on all the time. And he's already got the people. He's got the, you know, he's got the, the posters. He's got the, he's got the V, you know, he's got the design laid out. He's got the website. He's got the slogan. You need money. He hasn't raised any money yet. He, so he's using, obviously, a lot of his own money to do this. So this is the problem. The problem is if you have money, you could more easily run for president of the United States, right? That in itself is an issue. Why should someone, just because they're wealthy, have a leg up or uh, many, many legs up, not one leg up, many, many legs and bodies up on someone who doesn't have money when it comes to running for any office, really? It's really any office, even mayor, but especially president of the United States. So this is an issue. And it's also also the issue of what is the what is this qualification? Vivek is obviously qualified for a lot of things. He's probably qualified to run many Fortune 500 companies. But what's his qualifications for running for president of the United States, leader of the supposed free world? What is uh, running a government, running a government of 330 million people? And as vast and as deep as the United States government is, what are his qualifications? Well, there are none. He's never run a government. He's never been in politics. Remember, my issue with Obama against Hillary was Hillary was Hillary, and Obama had, hadn't even been a senator for a full term yet. This guy was never even in Congress. Never, never even mayor. Mayor Pete has more experience than this guy. Mayor Pete has no experience. So that's my problem with, with him running. My problem with him running is I don't want this Republican primary to become like a ridiculous free-for-all. Okay? A ridiculous free-for-all. I, I don't want that. I want it to be filled with, with, with serious, qualified people. Okay? Serious, qualified people. And I, I have to admit that Joe, that Donald Trump and, and Ron DeSantis are the two most qualified people. One had already been president, so you, you can't be any more qualified, right? Done the job already. And the other is a very, very successful governor of a state of 21 million people, the, one of the biggest states in the country, with a lot of success over the last few years. So those are the two most qualified people running. And I just don't want this to become this now, where now someone else will say, okay, this guy's 37, he has no political experience, he's just wealthy, I'm going to run, I'm a wealthy celebrity, I'm going to run, I'm a wealthy porn star, I'm going to run. We don't need that. This is what we had in California during that recall, right, the Gray Davis recall, when it was like 100 and, it was like 200 candidates. We don't need this. It becomes a laughing stock. And if it becomes a laughing stock, where the Democrats can paint the Republicans just being this free-for-all of, of, of nobodies. Uh, it, it's going it's to give Joe Biden, whoever's running his Democratic uh, candidate, the, the edge, the advantage. So let, let me read. This is, this is out of 
this is from Fox News. So I'm going to read a, a story that's going to be uh, favorable to Vivek. Okay. Entrepreneur and author Vivek Ramaswamy is making waves, becoming the third prominent Republican presidential hopeful to enter the race and calling his campaign a cultural movement. Now, I have to already take issue of this. What makes him prominent? He's on Fox News a lot. Like I said, if you watch CNN, MSNBC, you probably don't know much about him. And is he prominent because he has money? He's wealthy? That's the only prominence he really has. Anyway, just days, days before his official launch, Ramaswamy spoke with Fox News Digital for a wide-ranging interview where he strongly suggested the theme of his candidacy would be restoring the national identity in America and how ver- various culture wars have erupted in recent years are buying what ties us together as Americans. Ramaswamy said that if he threw his hat in, which he did, it means he believed he was the person who can articulate and revive the common thread. It's not about me. It's not about Ron DeSantis. Uh, and it's not about Donald Trump. And it's not about any one individual, Ramaswamy said. It's about reviving a national identity that we miss. One of the things I would want to do is to shape the race and recast it to be about that vision, to be about that question, to be about these ideas and make sure that every candidate actually had to offer their vision rather than just boasting about their prior accomplishments and using their biography as a pedestal. We've all accomplished things, okay? Let's get over it. The question is, who actually has a vision to do something for the country that matches what the people of this country demand? That's what the primary should be about. Now, what he's doing basically in that paragraph is he's doing, he's, he's getting out in front of the issue that I'm bringing up, right? Which is that he's really not qualified to be president. Biography-wise, right? He has no political experience. He knows that. He knows that's his disadvantage. So he's trying to turn his disadvantage, which is very smart. This guy's IQ has got to be close to 200. He's very smart. Once again, I don't dislike him. I just don't think he should be running for president right now at 37 years old, having no political experience. Um, but he's trying to turn his negative into a positive, which is, okay, we've all, we all, it's not a, it shouldn't be about the person in the biography. It should be about the ideas, right? Okay. The Woke Inc. author repeatedly stated he wasn't interested in going after other Republicans in a race, offering that mantra would be his running wouldn't be against his opponents, but rather running for the country. Okay. That said, he did offer subtle criticisms. During the interview, Ramaswamy was asked about he confront Trump, who he referred to as a friend, and said he respected what Trump was able to accomplish during the 2016 election, which inspired his own ambitions. This, this, is, this is what I said after Trump ran in 2016. A guy with no presidential experience, right? A guy with zero experience, uh, I'm sorry, political experience. I said that when Donald Trump ran, that would signal to many of the people that anyone can run. Anyone with money, sorry, not anyone. We, as I just said, anyone with money, with a profile of a lot of money could run. And that's what's happening. Not, I don't think it's ver- that's not necessarily a good thing. At the same time, however, Ramaswamy said the country cannot be looking in the rearview mirror. Well, that's what all... That's what everyone running against Trump is going to say, right? That he's the rearview mirror. And that's a, look, it's a common, it's going it's to be a common theme of people running against Trump is that he's the old, old guard, okay? Looking backwards, going backwards. You're going to see, the, you're going to hear that a lot from everyone, probably including DeSantis. That's going to be the, the, main, the main argument against Trump, right? Right? Going back. We need to go forward. Forward, not backward. You're going to hear that a lot. I'm telling you. You can hear forward, not backward so many times you're going to want to bash your own head in after a while. Trust me about that. I know I want to bash mine in. He spoke to problems as an outsider, not as an insider politician. 
Now, that, that spotted problems that no other politician was able to talk about talking about Trump. OK, but the question is, where do we go from here? And I do think he got the country to a certain point. But make America great again, MAGA, America first. These are big ideas. These are ideas that are so big that none of us, not me, not DeSantis, not Trump, has a monopoly on those ideas. Those ideas are bigger than any individual. In my own view, it is that order to put America first, you have to first rediscover what America is. I think there was a time and place for recognizing problems that no one spoke to. It's part of why I was also a believer and am a believer in the Make America Great Again movement. But I think the question again is where do we go from here? Once again, there you go, forward, right? Go forward, not backwards. It's not from looking in the rearview mirror backwards, it's looking ahead to the future. What I tell you? With the revival of those shared commitments that most of us, 80% of this country shares. And I still believe those ideas are alive and well. If elected, Ramaswamy say to pursue the radical idea of demolishing the federal bureaucracy and make sure the people who were elected run the country actually run the country. But isn't that taking more of a shot at the former president? Even when Donald Trump was president, ask yourself who was running the show when it came to COVID policy. Tony Fauci, Ramaswamy said. That's a very that's very smart. He's right. James Comey. Today, it's Merrick Garland under Joe Biden. And I think that decimating that managerial class is something I think we need to go further on that we've ever had. We ever have. And I don't think the people who are already in government are necessarily going to be the ones who are the best position to do it, because if they were, we wouldn't have the problem in the first place. On the subject of his approach to the legacy media, which he called a joke, he's right, Ramaswamy insisted, I still talk to them on the campaign trail. He was asked about the tactics embraced by DeSantis, who had essentially completely iced out the hostile press during his 2022 re-election bid, limiting its access to campaign events and rejecting interviews with liberal outlets. I'm not scared of talking to anybody. And you know what? I think if you're going to run for president, if you want to be the person that represents this country across the table from Xi Jinping, you better darn well be prepared to sit across the table from a New Yorker reporter or whatever, Ramaswamy said. If you don't have a thick skin, no, I think he's wrong with this. I'll tell you why. Uh, let me finish what he said. If you don't have a thick skin to deal with that, then you know you probably aren't the right person to be taken on. Yeah, that's not really true. That's not true at all. It's not true at all that if you don't want to invite the liberal media to uh, – uh, twist your words around and do what they want and edit edit an interview with you so it suits their narrative and you want to shut out the liberal media that's not the same as being afraid to go up against a china a a a, a leader of china or russia it's not the same thing he'll say it's the same thing he wants to try to put DeSantis down that way but it's not true ron DeSantis knows that the liberal media is full of shit that there's no in other words when they want to interview him it's not going to be a fair interview OK, they're not coming at it from a place of 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 um, of, of being unbiased. OK, they're not coming at it with good hearts. They're coming at it because they want to they want to what they do and what we've seen them do is they'll grill a Trump. They'll grill a DeSantis. Then they'll throw cookies and ice cream at a Biden. That's what they do. And just by doing that, just by doing a really harsh, tough interview, which they can do when they want to against a Trump or a DeSantis and doing a softball interview against a Biden makes the Biden look better, you see? And that's what they do. And what 60 Minutes and 2020 have done through the years is they'll do interviews and they'll chop it up and they Benihana it to make the person that they're interviewing look bad, okay? To, to, to put their interview, to, make, to push a certain narrative, okay? In other words, their interview becomes a film, a, a, a fiction film, not a documentary. That's the difference. And they, they know how to do that. So why bother? Right. So why bother even giving them an inch until they prove they can be unbiased, until they prove they're not an arm, a, 
of the DNC, why go on their broadcast? Why, why give them that satisfaction? I totally agree with DeSantis. I totally disagree with Ramaswamy. He'll see that they won't be fair to him and, they'll, and, they'll, and they will hurt him if he does that. The 37-year-old Ohio native was asked whether he agreed with the message being made by former U.N. ambassador and former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley, who officially launched her presidential campaign last week. There should be a new generation of leadership in the White House. While he calls it an interesting point, he suggested Haley was engaging in identity politics, something that Republicans normally rejected. Look at Pete Buttigieg, okay? He's a new generation of leaders. What's he doing? Screwing up the infrastructure of the country on a day-to-day basis from the, from the flights and the software that governs how flights take off in this country to trains that are derailing here in my home state of Ohio. So I'm, I'm just not a believer in these identity politics. Put people in the boxes, categories, you know, okay, women of color, men of color, man of non-color, who cares? I agree with that. What really matters is what's your vision, he added. Do you actually have an agenda that you stand for? Young, old, first-generation immigrant, brown-skinned, white-skinned, male, female, who you attract to? I don't care. I don't think most people in this country actually care in the end either. They're just using that as a substitute for the fact that if there's no real actual vision or policy at the end of the debate, you'll talk about the boring stuff. There has to be a growing discussion over where the national divide really is. Republican Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, for example, said during her rebuttal to the President's State of the Union that the divide is not between left versus right. However, he didn't necessarily side with Huckabee Sanders that the divide is between normal and crazy, as she puts it. Well, I do. It's between pro-American and anti-American, Ramaswamy said. I think there is an anti-American current in this country, apologizing for success, self-hatred, self-loathing. That is what the woke infection is all about. I don't think that's a 50-50 split. I think that's like 20% of the country that's disproportionately magnified by corrupt media, true, via social media algorithms, via the managerial class, in much of corporate America's, and even in the government. But in terms of actual citizens of this country, it's a relative minority. I think most people in this country actually believe in the basic rules of the road, getting ahead based on content of character and contribution rather than color of skin, speaking freely, electing the people that run the government. I think most people believe these ideas to be true. I think most people actually think their neighbors and their colleagues and their classmates also believe these ideals to be true, but they can't be sure anymore because you're not allowed to talk about it in the open. I say if we're able to start talking openly again in this country, good things are going to happen. That's actually what matters. Okay, so once again, on most issues, I'm going to agree with him. And I have no problem. And like I said, he was right there from day one on COVID and COVID policies and mandates and all the other stuff we hate, he hated too. And he makes a lot of sense. He's against identity politics. He's against wokeness. I just don't think he is at the point where he should be running for president. I don't. There's a lot that goes into being president of the United States. Okay, and it's more than talking right. It's more than saying the right things. It's more than having the right ideas. It's it's more than all that. There is actual. There is. There is something about experience and having experience in politics and dealing dealing with other politicians, right? Not dealing with business people. Not that was, I think, a Trump mistake. Also, saying like running the country is like running any other business. It is not, and politicians are not normal business people. It's a whole different animal. It's a whole different element. And not just politicians in your own country, but politicians in other countries and world leaders of other countries. It's a very, very, very difficult, multi-layered, labyrinthian thing. 
And very few people have been, listen to this, very few people with political experience also have been good at it, right? And those without ex- political experience have, Obama had very little ex- political experience. And that really hurt him, especially in those first, in that first term, incredibly naive on a lot of things and the, how the way Washington works. And that hurt him. It did. And so as difficult as this is, I think experience matters. Once again, I don't understand why. Can a wealthy person just be a doctor tomorrow? Can a wealthy person just be a dentist tomorrow? Can a wealthy person be a psychologist tomorrow? No. So why should a wealthy person be able to be president tomorrow? Why, when it comes to this job, well, politics in general, but especially this job, does like experience in that field not matter? Can someone explain to me, explain that to me? Shouldn't experience in that field matter the way experience matters in any other field? Why do we give exceptions for this? Well, I guess one of the reasons why we give exceptions is this, because if I wanted to go into the field, if I wanted to be a doctor tomorrow, a board of, of uh, the board is not going to let me do it. Right. There are regulations that won't let me do it. Right. If I wanted to become a, uh, a psychiatrist tomorrow, no, there are rules and regulations that say I can't do this. I have to have this many degrees. I have to I have to go in front of a board and it's got to be certified, all this stuff. Right. In fact, it's illegal. I go to jail for pretending to be a doctor. But you could pretend to be a politician. Part of it is because there's no list of regular, no list of regulate rules and regulations and resume points that were put into the Constitution. Right. If the Constitution was written and they said, well, you have to have and they could have done this. Right. They could have done this. They could have said you need to have so many years in Congress before you can run. Look, they had no problem saying you got to be 35. Right. They had no problem putting an age in there. So they could have put a list of uh, resume qualifications. They could have said you have to be in Congress for five years. You have to have a term in the Senate or you have to do this or that. But they didn't do that. And I'm not sure as much as I love the founding fathers and they call them visionaries. I'm not sure that was a good thing. Why put an age when you're not going to put actual qualifications in order to run for president? I I don't understand that. In fact, I, I would take the qualifications before the age. I don't think age should matter before qualifications. Okay, I'll make this brief. Um, I'm just not sure that I know of one example in which qualifications was ever has ever been shown to be important for a politician. We never, we never, we never tried it. No, I'm just saying I don't. I don't see any politicians. so-called qualifications, preparing them to do a good job and being predictive of them being doing a good job. I don't don't think it's a qualification. Yeah, I don't think it's the qualifications that are a problem. I think you might be talking about the the people, the people. (laughs) I understand you're saying the people haven't lived up to expectations, the people. But I I, I don't – what does North mean by dry mouth? Do you have any idea what North means by dry mouth? The liberal media is disgusting. They can, I don't know what he's talking about. It must be the air up in Canada. Is something wrong with the air up in Canada these days? I don't know. But um, I, I think, Daniel, what you're saying is, um, is the people have not lived up to the expectations. The people have not, they're not learned anything by their experience. But I don't think that means that experience doesn't matter. 
Well, I just don't see, I, I, I see more and I see less experienced politicians and I don't see any correlation between the performance that they, um, uh, in their respective positions, correlate, correlating with that experience. I just don't see it. So um, I, don't, I don't see why. Don't I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you in this way. Most politicians, we don't have that many, see, that's the thing. We don't have that many examples of people with like little or no political experience getting a job in Congress or becoming the president. Okay. And there's a reason for that because I think most people want, and that's the way it works. You move yourself up the ladder. That's the way it works. Like I said, why do you have to move up the ladder in every other business except that that one, except politics? Abraham Lincoln had, um, I think he had one term as a representative and that was it. Yeah, okay, but look, that, let's that look at it. recent history. Let's look at recent history of the few examples. Obama, Obama, right. I think had one one term. So, so, a, so I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see no, the that's correlation. What I mean. Obama, Obama was in his first term as Senate, and he was he was a disaster that first that first term. But, but no more of a disaster than no. Bush, who'd been at it for freaking forever. Do you think? Do you think AOC is no more of a disaster than many people in Congress? Well, a- a- AOC is quite like a number of people, like uh, well, like what's his name, uh, Fetterman, uh, um, who he's, has even more uh, experience than she, and is is he's even far worse. I mean, I just if you if you if you averaged across, if you did right. an actual study and you yeah, looked no. at correlations between experience and job performance, I just really doubt that you would uh, see well, any correlation. Daniel, Daniel, I can say the same thing about doctors and scientists over the last three years. But does that mean we can no, get older? Wait a minute. Does that mean we get rid of all rules and regulations regarding? Well, you could power? say that. You could say that. But what are you correlating? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're saying you could yeah, say yeah. the same thing about yes. doctors. Some of the doctors and scientists were the most experienced, were the worst when it comes to COVID. They were the, the doc- worst. We all we all know that um, that the that the rank and file um, physicians were weren't weren't giving bad information with respect to COVID. They were being silenced. Wait, wait that, a minute. You and and I, that wait was a minute. The problem. You're giving them a pass now. No, I am not giving them a pass. This is what I've said all along, that the problem was that that you could talk to any physician and you've you've talked to other physicians as well. And uh, I remember you talking about uh, one that you talked to that was an ER doc and you asked him about how many COVID patients they've seen that that had died. And he said zero. Um, And and, and that's because this is exactly what I've been saying all along. No, no, people have been saying that yeah. the experts say, the experts say, and the experts aren't saying. I understand, but there are a lot of look. There are a lot of doctors out there with plenty of experience who were wrong. Okay, Daniel, there are plenty of doctors in San Francisco. Only the physicians. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There are plenty company. of doctors in New York and San Francisco with a lot of experience, making good money. Who not Daniel? They didn't just not say anything. They agreed with the CDC. Okay, of course they did because okay. the right. mainstream, uh, the mainstream media, who is funded primarily, that they they get tons and tons of ad money from Pfizer, and they are doing the bidding of pharmaceutical companies, not just Pfizer. And who are they putting on? They're right. putting on those that agree with Pfizer. The problem wasn't with physicians. The problem never was with the experts. That's why everyone no. laughed at the experts. I because it wasn't the okay. experts that was the problem. I know. The point the I'm, trying I'm trying to make is censorship of those it, that were experts like Jay Bhattacharya. I know. And, and, I know. I know. What I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is, doesn't seem to be working, but I'm trying, is that there are a lot of bad doctors. There are a lot of bad scientists. There are a lot of bad lawyers. There are a lot of bad dentists. There are a lot of bad everything. 
in every business. There are, but, but if you look, minute, but if we you look at we don't get rid of the qualifications to become those people because of it. There are at times bad physicians, but if you if you were to if you were to take um, Joe Blow that has mm-hmm. no medical qualifications whatsoever and ask him to do an appendectomy as opposed to someone that has gone through medical school and as opposed to somebody that's gone through a surgical rotation, I guarantee you that no matter which physician was, if you're looking at statistical correlations, <laughs> that those physicians, that any physician is going to do better than Joe Blow. Of course. Their, patient, their patients will probably survive and do well. Joe yes, will, because Joe experience, because experience matters. <laughs> that's because they have actual experience in the actual thing that they're doing. Politicians don't. Yes, you do. You of course no, you do. No, well, Mike, what, what I'm telling what yeah. I'm telling you is that you. if you were to do this, 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 if you were to do an experiment, say, you know this was would be the case that qualified physicians, as opposed to Joe Blow, would have better outcomes. What I am telling you is that if you were to look across experience, across politicians of all types, and do a statistical study of experience versus outcome. Whatever mm-hmm. your outcome would be, I will bet you there's no correlation whatsoever. You know that there's going to be correlation with respect to all kinds of experts no, and their I, performance. We all know that. But no. I bet you that if with respect to politicians, no. that that does not hold up. I don't think that's true, Daniel. I th- in fact, that's why they tell you it, it does hold up if you once again, there's no rules. That's why you say it doesn't hold up because there are no rules. There's no rule that says you must start running for city council before you can run for president. If there was, think about that. Think about if you ran for city council, you're 20, 25 years old. Just like, let's let's look at the same path becoming anything else. You start when you're very young, late teens, early 20s. You go into city council. Then you maybe become a mayor. Then maybe you run for Congress. I think if people work their way up that way in politics, most of the time, you would get better outcomes. But that's not the way it works, Daniel. You could be a nobody and have money and run for Senate and win tomorrow. You could be a nobody and have money and run for president and win tomorrow. Because it's a free-for-all, you cannot relate it to these other businesses where it's not a free-for-all, where you have a certain totem pole that you must work your way up, okay? You must work your way up. And it's that working of the way up. I, I don't want me to sound like an old fogey starting at the bottom and working your way up that makes you better for the most part at, than other people. And we don't have that kind of a system in politics, that's the problem. I guarantee you, if everyone that was in politics, if everyone that was in that House right now in the Senate or in the White House had to start way at the bottom and work their way up several levels, you get a much better outcome. But that's not the so. way it works. That's not I, the way it works. I don't think that you would get a better outcome. And I think the founders of our country understood that you wouldn't get a better outcome, which is why that they didn't put these sort of restrictions in the Constitution, because they had plenty of experience just as much as we do, where they can look around and they can see that the, those that came up through these types of systems that you are saying that they should possibly come up through, that have got this this type of experience that you say are actually people that have just become career politicians that are detached from the normal the, from normal Joe and Jane and how their lives actually function and what they need. These are people that this is it, they're just. Why do we have? Then why do we have? Why do we have an age? Because they don't have the experience that they're lacking, Mike. So then, why do we it have an age? Real world why do we have experience. an age qualification, but no other qualification? Yeah, the experience that they need 
is real life experience, not political experience. That is what the founders, I think, no, 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 hey, look, no, but every. I want every. I want my doctor to have real life common sense. I want my airline pilot to have real life and common sense. What is it different for politics? Why can't you have your both? doctors do have real life common sense? Why can't you have? So why can't politicians have both? One doesn't. It's because not mutually it, exclusive. It's One doesn't exclude the other. It's the experience question that we're talking about right now. And what the founders, I think, understood, as I am saying right now, is that political experience may or possibly is actually a bad thing. It entrenches somebody Daniel, in a certain it entrenches one with those it, lack of qualifications. How has it worked out, Daniel? How has it worked out? What I'm saying is, is, is there's no correlation whatsoever. So if you ask me what, how has it no. worked out, I would be saying, how is what worked out? Right, because we need to start at some point. At some point, you need to start this, the way. At some point, you need to start the new system. At some time, you need to start a system of working your way up and having experience in a field. I don't think it, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want that system. Is what I'm saying. I do. I, I, I do I, not I, want. I, I do. People, I don't. I know. I first. Of all, I do not system, want career right. politicians. Okay. I mean, so every system, one of us, Daniel. Ran, Daniel, the system we have now. Don't you understand this? The system we have now, no, the system to become a doctor or a lawyer is you can go through a school, but you don't have to be very wealthy. You can start out at a city college. You don't have to be wealthy to become a doctor or a lawyer. You can simply Yes, work. I was a very poor person and I became a doctor and a right. physicist. And a good one, and a good one. But the, pro the system we have now is the more money you have, the easier it is to run for office. Okay? The more money you have, not the experience, not the knowledge, not the street knowledge or the book knowledge, the money is and what that, that would is be now. the case, and that would be the case here, regardless of whether you had this experience that you're talking about now. We all rant and rave and rail against those who are career politicians, and for good reason. They are detached from our lives. We do not want people that are attached from our lives. That is why so many politicians that have done good jobs and people like are people that came up through build it, built their own business, built good businesses that were successful, built um, practices that were successful, built careers in, in, in science or whatever that were successful. Things outside of politics improved their, their ability to exceed, succeed in whatever field. Because I think most people understand that they don't want career politicians. They simply don't. No, it's not about career politicians. That's not what it's about. Well, if you're going to no, work your no, way up to city council... No. If you're going to work your way up from city council no. to president, you're going to be in it for your entire no. career. You could also have there's no. Uh, but wait a minute. This is I'm talking about term limits matter. This whole thing about career. So wait a minute. I don't I don't understand the difference. I don't. I'm not getting it. I'm not. I'm not it's not absorbing with me here. Why someone doesn't say I don't want a career doctor? No one but, would say that, right? Well, so why does it work with politics? I don't get it. Because I think. I, I, what I'm telling you is because there's simply no correlation in the job. We all understand that a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, no. there is going to be great correlations between their between no. their training and their performance. I don't think, and I and I don't think our founders thought as well, um, that there is any uh, uh, correlation between a politician's experience and their performance. But there is. I'm sorry, you. It's, I, I don't think it's living in the real world to say that. Not having any experience, I'm going to be but able I to. Can't, wait a minute! I, I wait a minute! We, not we having have any Bush, experience, not family. having any experience, I'm able to go toe to toe with Putin. I don't think that's true. We have I don't think that's look, true. 
Look, look at the Clintons, been in politics, politics forever. Look at the Bush, the Bushes, been in politics forever. These, these are career families. Talk about experience. Yes. This is experience passed down through generations. Yes, and they've fucked no, no, their no, society up tremendously. I, Daniel, Daniel, you're talking about performance based on a subjective point of view. There are others who will say those people did a good job. Just like there are people who will say, like, you'll then, say this then guy. Then how didn't. are you going to measure, if you're going to say it's all subjective, then you throw anything out, you throw the ability to correlate that experience with nope. anything then. Nope, nope. People have subjective of you. Look, uh, look at a doctor on the online or a dentist, and you'll see five-star reviews and one-star review. There yeah, are, with doctors and dentists. Regardless of that, that doctor has to have a certain amount of experience and knowledge and degrees in order to be in that position. Regardless with doctors other, and lawyers, et cetera, there are objective criterion by which we can judge them. But what you just told me is that people's judgment of politicians is subjective. Well, if that is the case, then we do not even have anything to correlate their performance with. Therefore, ergo, you can't say that their experience is going to make a better politician because you just said whether it's better or no, not. No, it's no, not, no that's, that's not true because people have subjective point of views on a doctor. You say there are certain criteria. Well, there's not. I can say this guy has no bedside manner and you'll go to him and say, I think he has a great bedside manner. So who's right? Who's right? What's the what's the exact criteria? When physicians when physicians when physicians are evaluated and they're evaluated in hospital, for example, if they belong to a group. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure there's no bureaucracy involved there. I'm well, sure. there certainly is. No, no system no system is perfect, but what they look at is outcomes. For example, if you're in, if you're in a surgical specialty, they look at your surgical outcomes. How many of your patients got infected? That is a that is a statistic that every Every surgeon has following them around. How many of your patients had complications? That is a statistic that follows every surgeon around. And it can get them sued if they start building up a, a bad record. Just by virtue of their record alone, people can look back at their record that are litigious and had bad outcome. And they say, oh, this doctor had. And, right. and, that, and, right. and that outcome, part of it may have been just bad luck. But, but because that outcome but, alone, that outcome right. alone can bolster a case against a physician. There but, is objective criteria, Mike, for lack, judging no, no, physicians lack, and lawyers, etc. The lack of a need of an actual resume and experience is what is what the wealthy people have how they've been able to hijack politics. You can't hijack medicine that, that way. Like I said, there are a lot of people who are doctors who come from very, very. Uh, 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 very so you're very, agreeing with me? No, yes, no, sure. no. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with you. Listen to what I'm saying. Who come from very very poor backgrounds? Most politicians, ninety nine percent of politicians, okay, the reason why they were able to run for office has nothing to do with qualifications. It has to do with the fact that they ha it's, it's mainly wealthy lawyers and businessmen, business women, mainly <laughs> wealthy lawyers, male and female, and businessmen are in politics. Those are the two major groups. Most people who go into politics, any kind of politics, but especially the higher level politics, are incredibly wealthy millionaires before they get there and that's how they get there that's one of the ways they get there so the qualification the number one qualification is money and connections right but there's no qualifications when it comes you can't just become a doctor with money and connections or a dentist with money and connections you got to fucking pass classes you have to actually do shit you have to actually go into residency and prove yourself and that system is better i think that having that uniform system for once again why is every fucking occupation that way except this one what I'm asking you, what makes this one different? I don't think you've answered that question yet. What makes this one different? That it doesn't apply. Once again, we have common, uncommon sense here. 
Well, Why? And, I, and, I've, and I've answered the question already. What I am, what I've said is that if you look, you could, you know, you could see if somebody has done an actual study on this. Maybe a no, I don't think they have. Maybe you, know, what, Danny, you can't do a study because ninety nine percent have no fucking. Exp- Once again, ninety nine percent get there because of money. So maybe th- a political, maybe a political scientist has right. looked across. There's and, not enough and, of a and, case study. There's and not enough me- of a case and study. Me- maybe a political scientist has looked across our political careers at all different levels and tried to correlate experience with some sort of outcome. Maybe yeah. they have, maybe they haven't. I don't yeah. know the studies. But from my personal experience over my long right. life, I've yeah. looked ac- I'm looking across all the politicians that I know that I think have done a good job and a bad job. And I see no correlation between their prior ex- previous experience before occupying that position and how well they did. None. I don't know. That's the, that's very subjective too. But the, the, well, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, though, we need to have you have to have a system in place, like you like any other occupation, where you need experience, where there are actual qualifications to get there before you can do any of this kind of study. We've never had those rules and regulations. It's always been a free-for-all. Like I said, there's, there's not enough. You'll have maybe – I'll come up with crazy numbers. You'll have 5 million people who got there because of money and wealth and connections and four people who came in with no experience and no money. So how do you make – how do you make the – there can be no case study. There's not enough people. It's too small of a – you can't do it because you we've can't. never had those qualifications no, set in place. No, the, Mike, you, you can control for, for, for any variable in st- when you're doing any statistics on any uh, correlations that between X, X and Y. If there are confounders in there, you can control, try to control for those confounders to the, to the degree that's, that statistic, statistics can, statistic can do that. Studies like that can be done, could be done. They possibly have been done and done. I don't know. What I am saying is that when I look across my personal experience, I do not see a correlation between job performance in Mm. politics and prior experience in politics. I just don't see it. Okay, I'm saying once you put those once you put those qualifiers in, then you'll see a difference. Then you can start talking. But until those qualifiers are there. There's no they way to all do it. come from if they all come from moneyed backgrounds, and the only difference then is between experience. Then they are all they all have the same money background. So the only difference is between experience. So if we're going to look at differences based on experience only, we do we we do have that population to study. I think a reason why people hate politicians so much, and why politics such a messed up business. Is because we don't run it the way we run other businesses, where you have to have a certain set of qualifications to run for offices. I, I just think it's 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 different than any other business, and it's more fucked up than any other business. And that's one of the reasons why, because there are no rules and regulations or qualifications other than an age. That's well, just it. I could be the biggest asshole, and I could be I could be an asshole with an IQ of thirty. Okay. I don't have to have any degrees, I don't have any classes, I don't have any experience, but I got millions of dollars and I can buy the election because Americans are idiots and ads work. Do you think that's a good system? And you could do that and you could do that regardless whether you had zero experience or tons of experience. No, but but you couldn't do I couldn't but I couldn't say, Daniel, I'm I got ten million dollars in the bank, I'm gonna become a doctor next week. They wouldn't let me do it. I couldn't buy myself in. I have to have the experience, I have to have the degrees, I have to have the references. Why can't it be that way for politics? I don't think I understand what but you're then saying. What you are, then what you are saying is not that we should have criteria for um, 
limiting people's entrance into races based on their experience, but a criteria for limiting their interest based on their wealth. Those are different things. I'd rather have experience over wealth. How about that? Well, so so would I. Right. I would so right, but, but 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 there's but no qualifications. But, but all but I'm there's saying no is, qualifications for either. What I'm saying is, but, uh, yeah. what I'm saying is, you can have, you can you can buy a you can buy a job in politics. You can't buy a job in medicine. That's the difference. So how do we stop people from just buying jobs in politics? The way you do that is saying you need to have these qualifications, and all the money in the world can't buy you. Those qualifications, you got to work for it. You got to. No, there's there's it. there's 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 a different way to do it, and, and that is uh, you could put potentially, and I'm not sure I like this this way either. And that is, you could potentially um, publicly fund elections so that the money doesn't matter. You can absolutely publicly fund elections. There's no doubt about it. And you could publicly fund elections, and you can put in a set of qualifications. Look, let's put it this way: you can certainly put in a a, a list of qualifications when it comes to the highest offices. There's nothing. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I don't. I don't see what the negative is of saying if you're gonna if you're gonna become president of the United States of America, you need to have five years' experience in this. Just the way that five years usually the year the, the, that's the usually the amount everyone uses for a resume, right? Five years' experience in this business. Why can't you do that? Really, why? There's no reason. Well, you why. you could if you you could. Yeah, if, you know if, why? You know who doesn't want that? The wealthy. The wealthy will fight that because they want to be able to buy the presidency. The wealthy well, don't want to have to work for it. They don't have to actually go through the – wait a minute. They don't want to have to start from the bottom. If I'm a multimillionaire, hey, don't tell me I got to start from the bottom, baby. Don't tell me I got to do five years of anything. I want to buy it. I'm going to yeah. buy it. I'm wealthy, and I made money. Therefore, I can run the world. That's yeah. what they believe. I'm you know, wealthy. I've made money, so now I can run the world. We, right? have, we, we have plenty of examples of people that um, – uh, Bill, Bill Gates, regardless of what you think of him, high school dropout, uh, Steve Jobs, or, or sorry, college dropout, same with Steve Jobs. Um, uh, Elon Musk, or he got his entire uh, bachelor's degree, but I think that's as far as I want. These are uh, terribly qualified people, but they, they learned a lot about their field. They became major successes in their field. Um, they had respect with respect to so many others with with PhDs et cetera out there in in uh, in engineering like you know Musk was primary engineering uh, um, and uh, Jobs and uh, I think Gates dropped out of an engineering program. Uh, people actually went through and 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 completed their their degrees. I, I guarantee you, Jobs know knew far more about. Uh, um, what's going on in the electronics business than than PhDs did. It's a, so qualifications are good. Um, I mean, getting getting experience, getting degrees is great. I mean, it's 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 what changed my life. Um, but but it's it's not everything. No, um, I, I know, and, and, and I, I think most degree, people no understand that I, it's I, not I everything. That. Real world experience is more important, and real world experience is important. I think in politics too. Well, real world experience, if you can get it, is important. Part of the problem is it, not a problem, but part of the the way the world is is that unless you um, are formally trained in certain things, no one is going to trust you at the next at the next step. Because someone is going to have to formally train you, or you're going to have to prove that you've been formally trained, or have an equivalent of formally of formal, having been formally trained, and have all the background you need to go on to the next step. And, and that's and that's extremely extremely difficult. You might as well get a degree at that point. When does it become absurd? When does it get to the point of absurdity of people just saying, 
I know how to make money, I should be president. Well, there is a certain degree of, of competence that is demonstrated by, by um, people that make money. There is those that inherit money that just fall ass backwards into money and which may demonstrate very little competence. But if you look across the, across the board, statistically, people that do well in business or do succeed in any field, whether it's business, whether it's in science, whether it's in medicine, whether it's a, 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 as an attorney, regardless of how much money they made, if they succeeded, if they did well, and if they, if they showed their mettle, then people are going to, um, they're going to be elevated status-wise if, if they run as a politician. If they run for for any any uh, position as a politician, that's going that's going to help them. Wealth wealth or not, it's going to help them, an elevated status. So um, so, so I mean, like you said, there's people that fall ass backwards into money. The, the Bush gang and the, I mean, their whole entire family is in politics. Um, whole entire family, and they and most of them, you know, except for except for Bush one, just basically fell ass backwards into money. Um, yeah. Who, who, who wants the problem, those people? The, the who problem wants is those Daniel, people in those Thomas positions? Daniel, there are a lot I of, don't. I know. There are a lot of very smart people out there who whose professions do not provide a lot of income. And those people then cannot run for president of the United States. People who they, are very they, smart they, and go go-getters and are brilliant people and do great things. But the particular business they're in is not a money-making business, not a personal wealth growth business. Yeah, and those, and they people, would probably, and those people in this country are shit on. Yeah, and they would probably be very good in 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 their job, and and, and it, very good as a politician. Those those same people. I mean, you could probably take um, a, a, a a dentist, a um, a, a lawyer for, from that was a um, you know public defender or something, and shoot them right up to the governor's position. If they were competent at their previous job, they'll probably be very competent as being a governor or even a president. That's what I'm saying. What are you saying? Experience matters. What I'm yeah, saying is, if you take a competent, if you take a person that, they, yeah, that competency, competency goes across all right. Competency goes across all job, all occupations. I what I'm saying is, if you if you take a person that has demonstrated competence in almost carries, any yeah. field, you could mm -hmm. probably shoot them right up into the governor's office, and they will probably do an excellent job. No, I think that's. I think that makes perfect sense. I do. I think it makes perfect. My, my my issue is once again, and I like Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't dislike the guy, you know, uh, but I just don't. There's something that doesn't sit right with me with someone just saying, "I." Oh, he's not going to win anyway, so I'm not worried no, no, about that's, it. That's, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. The, the, that's besides the point. But saying, "I," but look, I, I made money. I made money. I became wealthy. Therefore, I'm qualified to be president. Well, I, no, I don't, I don't think that's. I don't, I, I don't think that's true. No, no. It, it, the the money by itself doesn't make them qualified, but but the demonstration of competence, like I just said, you can take any person I think that has demonstrated competence in their field and shoot them right up in the governor's office, and they'll do just as good a job as anybody. So he's done that. The money thing—that's a different question. When it comes to the money thing, um, he could be saying to you, um, "Well, I've got." Uh, to, 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 to potential other backers, I've got seed money to get us started. Why wouldn't someone like Vivek um, decide to run for governor or senator first? Oh, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe and he why, just. Why, why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he run for governor? You know, you know, you know. One 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 thing we should 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 um to bring into this entire discussion is that um he may not really be running for president. I mean, he's ostensibly he's running for president, but what he is probably doing is he is running for a political position. He is he is getting into the, he's getting yes. into the the the, the president race for, yes. for the sake of getting a cabinet position. Right. Or, 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 to, or to raise a political profile, because no one knows yeah. who he is. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. No, there are, there are a lot of, right, there are a lot of objectives that people, you know, but once again, he's only able to do that because of his money. That's just, that's just my point. He's able to yeah. get that, that, those many legs up on well, there's no else, doubt about like it. maybe me yeah. or you, because of the yeah. money he has, right? Yeah, there's so no that. doubt about it that it's just, be, that it's just because of his, his money that he is able to get this much visibility. No, no doubt about right. it. I'm not, I'm not arguing about that. What so I'm the, arguing so the about founding is, is the idea of anyone can run. Wait a minute. So the founding fathers' general idea of anyone should be able to run for president doesn't really that doesn't really fly. Anyone can't run for president. Okay, so that that's the point. Any anyone can file paper. I could file papers tomorrow, but Fox News isn't going to put me on television. You see, that's 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 the point. So anyone can't anyone can't run for president. Certainly, anyone can't become president. So that 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 basic fundamental idea that a lot of People tried to bitch. You know, there are a lot of people who like to bullshit in this country about that. Well, anybody can be president. Well, that's not true. We know. Well, no, we know not it's true. not true. We, we know it's not true. One one percent of the population is schizophrenic. They're out. Ten percent of the population is clinically depressed. They're out. Five uh, percent of the population are addicts. They're out. Well, unless you're Hunter Biden, maybe he can. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of people that are going to be disqualified because because. Because they are fucked up. <laughs> well, but the major but the problem is the major disqualifying factor is not having money. That's the major disqualifying factor. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no one. No one's disagreeing about the money thing. I'm, I'm not disagreeing about the money thing. What I am saying, what I'm, my, my call was simply about the, um, the um, right. But I understand but prerequisite I, I of experience. We've all talked about. We've all agreed, left and right, center. We take money out of politics, right? And I think one of the ways you can make the money less important, you'll probably never totally be able to take it out. That's not realistic. But make it less important is by saying, unless you have qualification A, B, C, D, E, you can have 37 gazillion dollars and you can't run for president. That takes that, the money out. It's one of the things well, there's, that takes, yeah, there's, right. Like I said, there's different ways to take the money out. And, and rather than putting um, a prerequisites on people with respect to some sort of political experience, I would rather have the, have the money taken out of the equation. Um, if, if, if I was going to be forced to do one or the other, I would choose taking the money out and saying, oh, for, for now on, um, all uh, races at, at all levels are going to be publicly funded. You get X amount of dollars to run your race, and that's it. Well, they do that in Arizona. In Arizona, for local elections, for, for city and state elections, for state elections, you get a certain amount of people. Don't realize that, okay? In, in, really? In, in, a state, in a state that was up until recently very red to very red. If you go back twenty, thirty years, when I yeah, when I was there running for office, I ran for federal office, so it didn't count. But if you ran for state office, you get a certain amount of money. You get and you like, can't whatever, spend more than that. You get a, you get like it, I, I'm, I'm making numbers up. It's probably higher now. You get $100,000. If you qualify, in other words, you get the, you get the signatures to run, blah, blah, blah. You, you qualify in the ballot. You get $100,000. And I believe the only thing you can do after that is raise $5 from each person. Ah, okay. You well, see? That, that's, there you that's, go. One possible, that's one possible way of doing it. I'm not sure I like either way. But I'm saying if I had my druthers when I'm thinking about this on the fly, I would take 
the the um, the, the financed uh, um, um, races r rather than uh, uh, having some prerequisites for upon people's experience, political experience. Yeah, I, I would I would take the uh, the finance of of, of uh, public elections. But like I said, I, I haven't um, you know have given it limited thought. I just don't like the idea of having political experience. And but but I do like it when you and I disagree because that doesn't happen. Uh, it's just <laughs> I, I just yeah. I, I don't. oh by the way, before you go off that, did you what's your latest Twitter? Tell everyone what happened on Twitter. Oh, I got a seven-day suspension because I commented to someone by the name of Zach Bissonette, who was criticizing Matt Walsh and um, about something that Matt Walsh said. Well, Zach Bissonette, whoever Zach Bissonette is, um, misrepresented Matt Walsh's words, um, but we're not going to get into that. Um, he apparently complained about something I wrote and got me kicked off Twitter for seven days. And what I wrote, paraphrasing it because I can't remember the exact thing, same exactly what I wrote was um, uh, um, that I was worried that um, gay and lesbian children um, who, and we're talking about kids, gay and lesbian kids um, are, 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 that are being labeled as trans and going and, and basically being mutilated um, because they are having trouble um, uh, dealing with their their sexuality when they're kids. They, uh, the, the, I'm trying to remember exactly what I wrote, but it was something along the lines of uh, most, it is, it is well known that um, most quote unquote trans kids are actually gay or lesbian children struggling with their sexuality. I would hate to see this group of children mutilated just because of their struggle. Someone complained about that and said it was hateful and they got me kicked off. That's the best I can do at paraphrasing it because I, the, the, the tweet was taken down. So the, the auto, what I think is the automaton robot probably picked up the words children or kids and mutilated. That's all yeah, and I, and I appeal... Yeah. And I appealed it, and they said their team evaluated it, blah blah blah, and and they said it doesn't meet their standards. And, and you know who's their team? It's probably two computers. Elon, come on, Elon, what the hell's going on, Elon? I thought this shit was going to stop. I thought yeah. this shit was going to stop. It's yeah. ridiculous. No, I understand. I, I could understand initially the computer picking up on those words and not understanding what you were saying. But once a person, but like you said, a person probably didn't go over it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, so, so they made me take it down in order to get back on Twitter in seven days. So I took it down, and, and what am I going to do? I'm going to get back to, on Twitter, and I'm going to say the exact same thing, because I've been saying the exact same thing on Twitter for months now, and no one has ever complained, or if they have complained, no one, they, uh, they never found me in breach of any of their um, terms uh, up to this time. So I'm just going to you know, take the take the seven day hit and then get back on and just keep saying exactly what I've been saying. Yeah, I don't know. We need to. This needs to end because this I mean this this really pisses me off. If the fact that gay and lesbian children, gay lesbian bisexual children that are struggling with their their um, sexuality. Um, could be be in most. I mean, most of the people that are labeled as trans are gay, lesbian, or bi. Someone, um, yeah, and yeah. these Someone, kids are going to be put through some mutilation mill. Oh, fuck that! You know, it's, it's getting more and more recognition now. I'm just watching before I started the show. There was a guy who went on Tucker, and he said that he was he was a, a gay man, and he was struggling with things, and he was a drug addict, and he went to he went to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist was a, was a was a woman, and I'm paraphrasing, but the psychiatrist says something to him like, "Oh, you you're actually a woman," 
you, I think you're a woman. You and I have the same brain. I can tell you have the same female brain. And she and she convinced him to go for all the sex change stuff. And uh, and it's like and as he said, and as I read yesterday and other accounts from other fam from from mothers and fathers and and, and people who have been through this, um, we have a lot of this is something that needs to be talked about. We have a lot of therapists who are pushing people to do this stuff because of their own narrative, their own their own sick agenda. Yeah, not 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 to throw salt in an open wound, but um, but um, their experience should certainly um, had great outcomes, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you just, look, talk to Tom Cruise in the Church of Scientology about about that about psychiatry. They, they yeah, you a, know, they don't, even, they don't even think it's a real thing. Yeah, you know, Tom was Tom was uh, Cruz is, is famous for jumping on couches and ranting and raving about stuff like that. But um, but um, when it comes when it comes to antidepressants, he's right. He's, we've had over fifteen years of studies looking at antidepressants, and they're shit. That's, and we just had this one one big st uh, study that came came out that that um, was a review study about six months ago um, that was saying you know for 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 years you know across publications you can it, you can see in the literature where they're talking about chemical imbalances in the brain um, but there has never actually been shown to be a chemical balance directly chemical imbalance directly linked to depression. There's yeah. there is serotonin reuptake inhibitors and stuff like that, but okay, serotonin yeah. itself changes in serotonin level has never been linked directly to depression, and and this is the type of thing that Cruz has been saying for a long time. No, no, Cruz is no freaking genius. <laughs> Everyone gets that, uh, but you know, even a stop clock is is right twice a day, and and Cruz was right about this. And Tom Cruise jumps up and down on couches on Oprah to say how much he loves his wife, who he then divorces. So that's that's basically yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love her so much. I'm going to dump her. Yep, yep. <laughs> Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate. Yeah. It. Have a good night, Mike. All right, you too. Okay, so we've uh, the qualifications of. Hey, what are the qualifications for? You know what? You know what else? There's no qualifications for being a talk show host. How's that going? Let's talk about me. Some of the people you see on CNN, MSNBC, there are no qualifications there either. That's another no qualification. By the way, communications is another no qualification business, TV and radio. No qualifications needed. If you find the boss who likes you, you're in for you're in forever. And if you're Don Lemon and you're a gay black man, you can spit in their face and you're in forever. So, you know, that, there's no qualifications in this business either. Qualifications, there should be qualifications, I think, to write for the New York Times. Sometimes it doesn't seem like there is. But Brett Stevens wrote a great opinion piece yesterday. And I want to read Brett Stevens' opinion piece. And uh, it's interesting that the Times is now even allowing these opinion. They make sure, you know, the Times makes sure they put opinion in red. Opinion, opinion. God forbid, no, the editors are the editors don't don't think this. They don't necessarily think this. And believe me, the editors of the Times do not think this. But they allowed Brett Stevens is a good writer's right an opinion and it's the mask mandates did nothing will any lessons be learned and then there are six photos nine photos of masks just being strewn environmental hazards on the as many of us have seen just masks on the floor masks on the uh, the sidewalk masks in the sewers masks in the ocean so there are six nine photos of, of dirty masks on the streets and uh 
This is Brett Stevens. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19, was published late last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who was his lead author, are unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they mask make any difference. Full stop. But wait, hold on. What about N95 masks as opposed to lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it, said Jefferson. What about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose those mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. What about the utility of masks in conjunction with other preventive measures, such as hand hygiene, physical distancing, or air filtration? There's no evidence that many of these things make any difference. These observations don't come from just anywhere. Jefferson and 11 colleagues conducted the study for Cochrane, a British nonprofit that is widely considered the gold standard for its reviews of healthcare data. The conclusions were based on 78 randomized controlled trials, six of them during the COVID pandemic, with a total of 610,872 participants in multiple countries. And they track what has been widely observed in the United States. States with mass mandates fared no better against COVID than those without. No study or study or stu- no study or study of studies is ever perfect. Science is never absolutely settled. What's more, the analysis does not prove that proper masks properly worn had no benefit at an individual level. People may have had good personal reasons to wear masks, and they may have the discipline to wear them consistently. Their choices are their own. But when it comes to the population-level benefits of masking, the verdict is in. Mask mandates were a bust. Those skeptics who were furiously mocked as cranks and occasionally censured as misinformers for posing mandates were right. The mainstream experts and pundits who supported masks were wrong. In a better world, it would behoove the latter group to acknowledge their error, along with its considerable physical, psychological, pedagogical, pedagogical, and political costs. Don't count on it. In congressional testimony this month, Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, holding into question the concrete analysis reliance on a small number of COVID-specific randomized controlled trials and insisted that her agency's guidance on masking in schools wouldn't change. If she, ever, if she ever wonders why respect for the CDC keeps falling, she could look to herself and resign and leave it to someone else to reorganize her agency. That too probably won't happen. We no longer live in a culture in which resignation is seen as the honorable course for public officials who fail in their jobs. But the costs go deeper. When people say they trust the science, what they presumably mean is that science is rational, empirical, rigorous, receptive to new information, sensitive to competing concerns and risks, also humble, transparent, open to criticism, honest about what it doesn't know, willing to admit error. The CDC's increasingly mindless adherence to its masking guidance is none of those things. It isn't merely undermining the trust it requires to operate as an effective public institution. It is turning itself into an unwitting accomplice to the genuine enemies of reason and science, conspiracy theorists and quack cure peddlers. By so badly representing the values and practices that science is supposed to exemplify. It also betrays the technocrat mindset that has the unpleasant habit of assuming that nothing is ever wrong with the bureaucracy's well-laid plans, provided nobody gets in its way. Nobody has dissenting point of view. Everyone does exactly what it asks. And for as long as official dumb demands, this is the mentality that once believed that China provided a highly successful model for pandemic response. There was never a chance that mass mandates in the U.S. would get anywhere close to 100% compliance so that people would 
would or could wear masks in a way that would meaningfully reduce transmission. Part of the reason is so specific to American habits and culture. Part of it is the constitutional limits on government power. Part of it's human nature. Part of it's the competing social and economic necessities. Part of it's the evolution of the virus itself. But whatever the reason, mask mandates were a fool's errand from the start. They may have created a false sense of safety and thus permission to resume semi-normal life. They did almost nothing to advance safety itself. The Concord Report ought to be the final nail in this particular coffin. There's a final lesson. The last justification for masks is that even if they prove to be ineffective, they seem like a relatively low cost, intuitively effective way of doing something against the virus in the early days of the pandemic. But do something is not science and it shouldn't have been public policy. And the people who had the courage to say as much deserve to be listened to, not treated with contempt. They may not ever get the apology that they deserve, but but vindication ought to be enough. You know, I loved this article until that last word and that last line. I know many of you will agree with me. They may not ever get the apology they deserve. Well, that part's true. But vindication ought to be enough? Nope. I disagree, Brett. Punishment will be enough. Punishment, not just for this ma- these mandates, not just masks, but even, even more hurtful mandates, such as vaccine mandates. And, uh, and I, I don't know Brett's feeling about you know, it should be punishment with vaccine mandates, but definitely and 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 uh, and lockdowns. But obviously, he's saying for mask mandates, we shouldn't ask for punishment. And I disagree. I think if we don't punish these people, they'll they'll do it again, or their predecessors, uh, the, the people who come after them, I should say, will will do it again. We we know we know they will. We know they will. Uh, you know. <sighs> It, what, what's amazing is that uh, we keep on seeing these kinds of articles, right? Proving that we're right. Pro- proving proving that, that we're right about everything. But a lot, many of these articles have come to the same conclusion, which is that they never ask for punishment, right? They never ask for punishment. They always say, oh... Okay, let's forgive and forget. We're vindicated now. Let's move on. But like I said, if there's not punishment, the people who come after them, the people who come after these current people, and even these current people, will do this again because they weren't punished. So why would they not do it if they got away? If you don't get punished for something, you get away with it, right? I mean, they didn't even lose their jobs. So what is what what is their what would their reasoning be for not doing this again? And, and, and I, I, my point is proven by people like Eric Adams, who say we may have to do these things again with a smile on his face two weeks ago. So my point is proven. But if he was punished for it, if people like him were punished, if they lost their jobs, if they went to jail, whatever it may be, if they lost money because of it, they would then think twice or three times before doing it again. But without the punishment... They'll do it again. Our own personal vindication is not enough for them not to do these things again to us. And so I do disagree with that. But other than that, this is 100% accurate. Other than that, this is 100% accurate. And it's something that the Times is now allowing major writers to write these things, all right? That's the vindication part that he talks about, but it's not enough. 
It's not enough. I'm not satisfied. Are you satisfied? I don't, I don't feel satisfied. I haven't gotten, what did they say in the old days? Satisfaction was at the Elizabethan days, right? Satisfaction. I want satisfaction. Give me satisfaction. Now, satisfaction in those days were not, it was not the person admitting they were wrong. The satisfaction was you killed the person, right? All right, I'm not that harsh. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about death penalty here. But I am talking about the idea that there has to be some kind of punishment. There has to be some kind of punishment. And we're not seeing it. And we're not seeing anything close to it. We're not seeing anything close to punishment for these crimes that were committed. But these injustices that were committed, most crimes and injustices get punishment. There's a punishment element to crimes and injustice. And here we haven't, we're not hearing that. And even people who are on our side who are writing good things are saying that we should be happy with vindication. We shouldn't even need apology. Apologies, we're not even get the, forget about punishment. We're not even getting an apology. Just that we're being vindicated by what? By facts? We were always vindicated by facts. We, we've been vindicated by facts since they fucking won. So what? There has to be more. There has to be more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Uh, it's the controlled release of facts known along Pacific. What would you write? Pacification being the end point. Pacifying. Yes. Well, yes. And like I said, it's not gonna. It's not gonna cut it for me. It's not gonna cut it. I think that until these people get their comeuppance. And they have to feel it. They're not going to, our personal vindication, they're not going to feel any pain through our personal vindication. They don't give a shit. They don't care. And like Daniel, like Daniel has said in the past, they're, they're, mock, they're still mocking us. They're still mocking us. And that's a problem. I don't like to be mocked. I don't like to be mocked. Yes, that's right. You're not a human being until Twitter. If Twitter bans you ten times, you're so you're officially a human being when if when when Twitter bans you ten times. How many times have I been banned from Twitter? Three, two. I'm not so I'm not officially a human being yet. I might never get there. I don't know. I know. I think I've. I know it's been multiple times. I know I've had multiple seven-day time. I've had seven-day timeouts like a child. I've been put in a corner for seven days a few times. Okay, but I thought that was over. We need to get this uh, podcast to uh, to Elon Musk. So we're really because so David Sachs owns Callin, and uh, so we're really just what is that? Is that two two degrees of separation? Right? Oh, is that right? We're two degrees of separation from from Elon Musk because we got. We know David's, we got David Sachs as our owner and he knows Elon Musk. So that's it. It's really close. So I think we need to get the word out to Elon Musk that this stuff has to end. At least put humans in charge of these things so a human can read it. And of course, they can't be left wing humans. They have to be like normal humans with uncommon sense and let them read it because uh, this, this stuff, we, we can't continue to have these bans for just writing stuff that makes absolute perfect sense. All right. I do want to talk about, I talked about the Ohio thing 
and you have that moron Mike DeWine going and, you know, that photo op of drinking the water. Some people think, oh, he was so courageous for drinking the water. Well, that's kind of bullshit. It's amazing. A lot of smart people were fooled by this. All right. A lot of very smart people were fooled by this. And uh, they said, oh, at least he went there and he put skin in the game and he breathed the air and he drank the water. Well, come on, please, people. It's If you go and breathe the air for an hour and you take three sips of water, that's different than having to live there 24-7 and drink several glasses of water a day every day. Come on. Come on. If something, even if something is totally toxic, you're going to get much sicker drinking it constantly. And if you drink it once, you may never get sick at all. We know that. It's like, if I, that's so stupid. That's like saying, okay, I'm going to prove cigarettes do not cause cancer because I'm going to take two puffs right now. Look, I'm going to put skin. Yeah. <laughs> what cancer? Where? How stupid. It was a photo op. It was a dumb photo op. And we cannot believe anything the government says about the air after what happened in 9-11. Now, I'm going to read an article, which is old. It's six years old, but it, it, it's being brought back now for good reason. Christy Todd Whitman, who became the, the governor of uh, New Jersey eventually, was the uh, EPA chief under George W. Bush at the time of 9-11. Okay? Um, and this is six years ago. Well, she remember at the time they were told that the air at ground zero was safe to breathe. Remember, this is what they told us. This is what the government told us on 9-11. This is what Christy Todd Whitman and W. This is what they told you. Air, the air is breathable. I'm breathing it. Look, I'm here standing on top of it, breathing it. Yeah, for 35 seconds. So they told us the air was breathable. And it was safe and not toxic. And now we've known many, many of those people, those first responders have died of cancer, of lung cancer and other kinds of cancer, but particularly lung cancer. So six years ago, she finally admitted, right, in 2017, she finally admitted that the air was not safe. So um, she said that. They were wrong. She said, whatever we got here. Speaking to the Guardian, this was in the Guardian on the 15th anniversary of the attacks. Whitman made an unpresented apology to those affected, but denied she ever lied about it. Whatever. They always say that. Right. And they'll say this is what they're going to say about COVID. This is what we've talked about a million times. We didn't lie. It was just it was the science we had at the time. But that's bullshit because there were millions of scientists who said differently and you shut them up. And there were plenty of. Real scientists, I remember at 9-11, I was in New York, who was saying that air wasn't safe, okay? So it's bullshit. They were lying. They were lying. They lied about COVID, and they lied about the air on 9-11. So anyway, but anyway, she admitted they got it wrong. We should acknowledge, and people should be helped. So here's the thing. I'm very sorry people are sick. I'm very sorry that people are dying. The EPA in any way contributed to that. So anyway, the EPA said at the time the air was safe, just the saying the air is safe and the water is safe now. So the fact of the matter is that the government can't be trusted. They cannot be trusted. And it doesn't matter. It's also semantics to talk about lying and being wrong, because either way, people die, right? So whether you lied or you were wrong, you were an idiot and you were wrong and you suck and you were responsible. 
Now, was there any punishment for this? Were these people punished? No, of course not. So they weren't punished for lying and or both being wrong. I say lie, although at the end it doesn't matter. Uh, on 9-11, the air at 9-11. So they weren't punished for that. So what happens now? The EPA, the EPA can come in now in any situation like the one in Ohio and say this and be wrong. And what do they care? They were never, they weren't punished back on 9-11. They weren't punished 20 years ago. They weren't punished 10 years ago. No one's been punished yet. So who cares? Why would they care? If they're wrong, they're wrong. They're not going to die. Other people are going to die. That's why you need punishment with these things. And if there's not going to be punishment, get rid of these agencies. If you're going to say, oh, no, you know, then people will be afraid to do their jobs. and Okay, then get rid of the agency because they're lie or they're wrong or they suck too often. Then get rid of the fucking agency. Get rid of the fucking agency, period. And we'll just have to assume when these things happen, it's not safe. And nine out of ten times, we're going to be right. So, it, and then she says, we should have known. She should, oh, she, yeah, Gerald Nadler said that she should have. Yeah, of course they should have known. So but the question is, why should we believe them now? They were wrong about the air at 9-11. They were wrong about COVID. This is the CDC now, by the way. So why, <laughs> we're trusting the CDC now on this when they just lied to us for three fucking years? This is why I say the only real the only real result has to be these agencies need to be torn down and built up in a different way, in a more effective way, in a way where there's real accountability. In a way where there's real accountability. Because remember, the problem with a lot of this stuff is they're putting money first, right? They're thinking about money first. That's what it comes down to. By saying things are safe, that helps things keep going, right? Everything's safe. We can still we can begin the money making process again. If we say things aren't safe, that's going to prevent money from being made. So it's always like the bottom line. That's the that's the problem with this. The bottom line takes precedent. Like Fauci with Big Pharma, the bottom line of of, of Big Pharma's profits took precedent over safety or anything else. So that's we need to start building these organizations with people who actually care about people actually have real knowledge and care and don't put money for put money last money doesn't even matter it shouldn't even be an issue it shouldn't even be a thought safety the safety of the people and the well-being of people should come first should come first and so the bottom line is we can't trust we can't trust what the government is saying and because a governor or the head of an EPA goes to some woman's house, okay, and takes two sips of water. That does not prove anything. And to say that proves something or that's courageous is absolutely ignorant and fucking dumb. Like I said, would people believe me if I said, oh, I'm going to prove cigarette smoke? I'm going to prove cigarette smoking does not cause cancer. Here, I just took a puff. I feel fine. What are you talking about? I bet I will never get cancer. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm going to prove that drinking alcohol is not a problem. You can't get drunk, no liver damage. Yeah, I'm going to take two sips of an of a, of a, of a old-fashioned here. I'm fine. What are you talking about? It's idiotic. Come on, people. Let's have some uncommon sense. These people are breathing the air all, all day, every day, in their sleep. 
They're drinking many glasses of water, not two sips of water a day. That matters. This is so stupid. So do people really believe that you take one sip and you drop dead? Is that what this is that why they're saying Mike DeWine and the EPA guy was so courageous because they took two sips? Is that what they're saying that you take two sips? Is that what anyone was saying to take one sip of that water and you die instantly? How fucking dumb are people that they think that means anything? It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why people are so ignorant and so easily fooled. So ignorant and so fucking easily fooled about everything. They're wrong about the era 9-11. They're wrong about COVID. They're, wrong. They're always wrong. When are they ever right? When these people who are supposedly the best, the top, the top, the best ever fucking write about anything. I'm just talking about a few instances. We can go back and talk about so many things that they fucked up on. So many things they were wrong on. The government, these agencies have been wrong many more times than they've been right. I don't know when they've been right. What's up, Mike? Hey, Caustic, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, so, who are you talking about in your title? Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, I heard, isn't that, like, is he actually planning on running for president? Yeah, he announced yesterday. Okay, so he's actually running. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, what's his, like, what, what's his, is, is he, like, some, like, tech guy or something? Yeah, he's a business guy. Uh, you know, he's a self-made, you know, the usual deal. Self-made, self-made rich guy. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't want to well, downplay. I actually well, like the I, guy. I just don't know if he should bring for president. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I guess, well, legally it shouldn't, you know, and I guess morally, you know, whatever, principle it shouldn't. But in America, it pretty much does because, you know, we're all uh, uh, ruled by rich people. So it pretty much does, yeah. So the answer to your question is yes. Um, it, it, well, it does qualify you, but should it qualify? Ha ha, you fooled me there. No, I no, no, I should, I should, I should, should it qualify you? No, yeah, you're we right. probably I, agree I on this. I, I, I say wrong. it shouldn't qualify you. Right, it but you're right. Not. You're right. In this country, being wealthy does qualify you. Yes, you're right. 100%. Yeah, yeah and, uh, I'm sure you'll disagree. Maybe you'll disagree with this, but as somebody that's very left, left wing, uh, I would say it's because you know we're uh, we're living like a capitalist uh, dictatorship where money runs everything, a- yeah. and if you're rich, you don't have much say in society. No, and it's obvious here. Look, it's like look. There's no way we keep on. There's always this lip service by the right and the left, especially well, the left more than the right in this regard. But there's all this lip service about how we got to take money out of politics and blah blah blah, and you got to be wealthy to run and. Oh, 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 woe is us. And we never change anything. So I'm just coming up with, you know, Daniel and I disagreed, but I'm coming up with different ways we can change this. And I think other, I don't know, what is your feeling about the idea of every business, being, if you want to become a doctor, if you want to become a lawyer, if you want to become a dentist, if you want to become this or that, 
you need actual qualifications. Yeah, right? various qualifications. But politics, you do need none. Do you think that's okay? Uh, no, I actually do think there should be some qualifications, like because of Joe Biden. I actually, I probably, even though I can't stand her, I agree with Nikki Haley that there should be like some sort of like mental health check or something, or not mental health check, but like a cognitive test. Well, there's the qualification right there, right? That's I, the actually, yeah. right there. Yeah, I, I do think there should be some sort of cognitive test. Um, cause you know, and also, I don't know, I feel like there should maybe be like some sort of like political, uh, uh, education test. Maybe there, I don't know. Um, what about, what, what about my idea of, especially for certain offices, let's say the highest offices, especially president. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. You, you have to have had a certain amount of years in politics somewhere, mayor, governor, senator. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. And, um, uh, and oh yeah, I do believe in, this isn't for president because, but I do believe in term limits for Congress. Oh, me too, hundred uh, percent. That that's a different. That's a whole different su- subject. I'm not talking about term limits. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, get many I, more I, people I, to I, agree I, with that than what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that I don't understand. I, I, that's just one way of taking the money issue out, right? In that saying, you're a multimillionaire, great, but unless you have these qualifications, it doesn't matter. You still can't run. And that's in a way that's taking that money out of the equation. It's one way to maybe limit it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, once again, once again, it's it's still going to make multimillionaires with qualifications, right? Have many legs up on people with qualifications that don't have money. Money's always going to, money's always going to play an issue. But I'm saying is, it's like there are people now, basically the way the system is now, obviously there are no qualifications other than age. So if you're 35 and you got a hundred million dollars in the bank, you have a good shot of being yeah, able that's to run why, a real uh, campaign. Oprah wanted to run, remember? Oprah. Yeah. Right. And she's a billionaire. Right. So all you need is to be 35 and have money. That's it. And you could be leader of the of the biggest country in the world. You know, leader yeah. of 330 million that's people. That's why uh, Dwayne Johnson was thinking of running. You know, The Rock, he was thinking of running. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't – I don't – one thing I like Vivek. I like his ideas. I agree with everything he says. But I just I – just, I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I I feel a little uneasy with someone running just because they got the money to do it, right? And then, you know, like Daniel said he probably not going to win, but he he has the, he has the ability to run a real campaign. Yeah. So, uh, are you still supporting DeSantis? Of course. I have yeah. I have no candidate yet. I have no. We got Nikki Haley. Pfft. Vivek and Trump, right? So that I right now I have no can right now. Let's say if DeSantis decide not to run, I have right now I have no candidate. I I, I probably wouldn't vote. Okay, I, so I you won't vote for Trump in the primary if there's no DeSantis? No, 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 no. I wouldn't vote. I wouldn't vote in the primary if there's no. No, if there's no DeSantis, I probably wouldn't vote in a primary. Now, once again, uh, I'd have to in a general election in 2024. I'd have to vote for the Republican. Whoever it may be, I, I understand. I, whoever, whoever it may be. Yeah, I know. But I, but I have no. But, but let's put it this way: I have no joy right now. There's no joy right now until until DeSantis comes in. There's no one for me to actually be behind. I have no. I have no. No. No dog in the race. You know. So that that's the problem. I need. I need a dog. Karthik, I need a dog in the race. I. I need. I need someone to root for, and I don't have that right now. I hear you. You think I'm gonna? I think I'm gonna have it though. I think DeSantis will. Announce in April or by April or May, the latest. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I think, you know, like I still think Trump would win, but, you know, I definitely think he could make it competitive. Oh, I don't think Trump's going to win. Oh, okay. I, I tell you the truth, I think 
that I think, well, DeSantis had the best shot at beating Trump. So uh, I don't think DeSantis is the only shot at beating Trump. Who you else know? do you think can win? Well, don't, don't underestimate Nikki Haley, simply because she's a woman. Nikki Haley is a chump. She's, well, she's, she's, she's the most standard politician. It doesn't matter what you and I think, though. She's a woman. She has, she's a tough talker. She doesn't really take any shit. Um, she's been through it many times. And I think that you should not underestimate her at this point. I wouldn't underestimate her. And you're going to laugh at me. I know you're going to laugh when I say this. Don't underestimate Mike Pence either. Simply oh, because. Simply hey, dude, because, Mike Pence and Nikki Haley have no chance, as uh, Mike Jones I, 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 All right. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I definitely agree with Mike Jones on this. Mike Jones said Pence has no chance. Whatever. Everyone has a – people, don't we know yet that everyone has a chance? Everyone has a chance. That's the problem with being rich is that you have a real chance. No. Well, no, not, not, not everybody. Well, sure, they have, a, they, they have a chance to, I guess, run for president, but that doesn't mean they have a chance to win. Everyone – Mike, Karthik, everyone listening, listen to me. Get around the fireplace. I know we have short attention spans in this country. But back in 2015, nobody thought Trump had a chance. They thought he was a joke. Everybody, left, right, center, thought he was a total joke, that he was doing it to do a reality show when he lost, okay? That it was just a big reality show even from the start. No one gave – go back. Go back to – Summer of 2015. No one thought. No, no, I know that. that. But at least Trump is good at marketing. Like he, 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 he's good at playing the political game. No, but what we saw as the campaign went on is that Trump had a real chance. But you have to give them a chance to have a campaign and see what they do. Yeah, but think about Mike Pence and Nikki Haley. Is they're the most fakest, most obvious politicians ever? They have zero charisma. I don't think Pence is fake. I don't. No, no, no. I think Pence is no. Wait a minute. I think Pence. He's too hardcore uh, evangelical for the for the majority of America. Yeah, but Mike Pence is a real. He believes in his religion. He doesn't use his religion. He didn't become religious just when he went into politics. That's what I'm saying. He didn't become a religious to get votes. He really believes in that stuff. No, Mike. No, I, I'm sure he believes what he says, but he's a religious. Like, he's just too uh, evangelical for most of the country. I don't think he's that. What do you mean evangelical? He doesn't even talk about it that much. I don't. I, I disagree. I disagree. No, no. But I anyway, think, listen to this. Let's, let's listen to this. Wait, 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 wait. Just take this point of view. Mike Pence is is. Mike Pence is the modern-day Ronald Reagan as far as someone speaking calmly. People believe them. They, they, they believe I they're disagree. honest and upfront, and they're not nefarious, and they're, and they're good people. And in a time when people are very belligerent and loud, maybe people want that now. I think Mike Pence is more fake than Reagan. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't disagree. know. Once again, we just – look, we, could, you can, we can agree to disagree on this. We could yeah, no, yeah, Mike, yeah, honestly – there, there's him. no point in, in arguing about Mike Pence. He's a uh, he, he's worthless. He, he's not. Well, but he's he, not worthless. He, there's no point in arguing this. Everyone has a shot. Everyone sure. don't just, because we don't because you and I don't like somebody. We shouldn't use that bias. Say, ah, they got no shot because that's what people said about Trump. Well, I don't like Trump, but but I I do think he has a chance. You know, I'm I've of never of course Trump voted. has a chance. He was president. No, no, no. That, that's what I just said. I said I, I I don't like Trump, but I think he has a chance. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. No, he does. Of course. That's yeah, a, I just said he that. He has a very good chance. He's one of yeah, the two I favorites. Yeah, I think he's going to win the nomination. All right. 
I'm, I'll go with DeSantis, but he has to get in okay. first. You know, yeah, I definitely think this argument has is moot. This argument is pointless until DeSantis gets in, right? Yeah, I think if Trump doesn't win, I think DeSantis will. But besides, okay, last thing before I go. Good, good, uh, good, good. What, 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 what do you think about Trump visiting uh, Ohio? Oh, thank you for reminding me. I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But this is, look, this is why, and this is why people like Donald Trump, right? You have Donald Trump going to Ohio. While the president of the United States never goes to Ohio, and on President's Day, instead of going to Ohio, goes to the Ukraine He's to Ukraine. support them, to give them money to stoke the to stoke the fires of World War Three. Yeah, for nuclear war. Right. Wait a minute, but he didn't even send his t- transportation secretary. The useless, pointless. Oh, uh, loser did you hear what? Yeah, did you hear what Mayor Pete said? About his excuse for why he's not in Ohio. Yeah, because uh, he's just a celebrity. He'll take the uh, spotlight away. No, 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 no. no. Because (laughs) some reporter, thank God, finally asked Mayor Pete why he's not in Ohio. And and do you know what his answer was? Did you hear? Well, Well, no. What did he say? He said, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, there's a thousand of these accidents every well, year. Well, he said that originally a few days ago, but he also said something like he doesn't want to become a spectacle because he's such a celebrity. Yeah, I know, but dude, isn't like, that insane? First of all, like, I, I don't believe like a thousand of these happen every year, but if they you do, know like, the why the fuck reason? aren't you doing anything? Do you know the real reason why they're not going? Oh, they're probably scared of the toxic fumes. Exactly. Bingo. There is no other reason not to go. It's easy. It's easy to, take to, it's easy to go and do an hour photo op. Yeah, no, but, but what I'm saying, people. also saying, is that if there really is a thousand of these accidents every year, like, why aren't you doing anything about them? They're doing jack shit about this. No, it, that optics of Donald Trump going there, while neither Biden nor Buttigieg go, and Biden goes to the Ukraine instead, is a total disaster for the Democrats. It's a total yeah. disaster for the Democrats. And it's a very smart move for Trump. It's a very smart yeah. move. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is great strategy on his part. Fantastic strategy. And not only that, he, like, they, they donated like all those like thousands of dollars, thousands of bottles of water, and they're giving them. It, it was it was an absolute. Yeah, the, the, this will help him in the election, you know, because he can run as the anti-war candidate because on Ukraine, World War Three, and also he can act like the man of the people, you know, because he said, "Oh, I went to Ohio and I helped those people," you know. While Joe Biden was just uh, pumping. Well, more, uh, I, I don't want to help Trump, but one thing he can also run on is. When I was president for four years, there wasn't – look at all this international unrest we have now in just yeah. two years. That we, we, have, we have Ukraine. We have Russia. We have China. We have World War Three, We have all this – we have all this political agita, which we didn't have when I was president. What would happen? Yeah. So he can use that also. He can use that also, and he will. I'm sure he will. Yeah, yeah and I think so. the saddest part about this is because legally FEMA uh, is supposed to uh, provide them, uh, the people in Ohio, you know, East Palestine, they're supposed to provide them uh, emergency housing. That's what uh, – and, and, and also uh, because whenever – if there's like an emergency like this, the president legally like uh, by, by himself, he doesn't need Congress to do this, can – should provide uh, Medicare, uh, uh, health care for the people in Ohio. Like and yeah. he has the power to do so. Like, like the Congress, like can't stop him because because the laws have already been passed on this. Exactly. But they're not doing anything about them. Like if Biden wanted to right now, he could provide the people of Ohio with um, uh, Medicare and uh, emergency housing until it's you know uh, seen as safe to go back. But they're not. Yeah. They're doing jack shit. So I'm gonna ask you now. So you're actually gonna vote for Trump over DeSantis? No, no, no. I've no, no. Like I said, I'm very left wing. You, you, you know this, Mike. We've talked about this. Uh, I, I would never vote. Uh, I, I, I'm done. I, I've never voted Republican, and I'm not voting Democrat ever again. You know, I, I'm never voting 
two party uh, ever again. Are you gonna vote for the flying spaghetti monster? No, I'll probably vote uh, third party. I agree because 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 oh, these politicians. <laughs> no, dude, I they're better than the duopoly because the uh, the ruling class uh, are there no, a bunch the of sociopaths and narcissists. I'm not gonna get. I don't want to get into the rabbit hole. Right yeah, now. it would take too long. I I, I, I I didn't see anyone in the Green Party, buddy, uh, uh, arguing against mass mandates or COVID. Oh, man- that's I, not true. Uh, we, we, what is true is that the oh, yeah, uh, Jill Stein just said not a fucking word about it. No, word. no, no, no. Well, Jill Stein isn't part of the Green Party, but I'll tell you this. Okay, so the uh, so so the people. Like uh, they're in charge of the um, the Green Party. Yeah, that's true. They were in favor of the vaccine mandates and stuff. But the Black Caucus inside the Green Party was against it. Uh, but just yeah, so that that's what I like about them. So at least there was some faction. But anyway, there's not talking about the Green Party. I, I'd rather talk about um, you know Trump and all that other stuff. But um, but you yeah, know, I'm saying that because if because in the general election, if it is you know, for example, if it is Trump and Biden. Um, Trump can just say that, oh, you know, uh, you've been pushing World War Three nonstop, you know, and it'll be like I, I feel like right now the uh, Democrats are just making it a landslide for Trump if he is the nominee. I mean, there was no worry about World War Three when I was president. You're president for two years, and everyone's worried about it. It's it's, it's, it's very easy. It's a very easy argument yeah. to make, and it's, and it's true, and it's true. You know, so it, it's it's obviously. By the way, Biden was going up. To, did you see him again going up the stairs? Of the air to the aircraft. And oh yeah, I, I I saw that. He tripped uh, yeah. and fell three times. This guy is a what a mess, what a mess. He really yeah. Is. Like I'm sure he's on like drugs every day, like just like so he doesn't seem super demented and tired. You know, like a, know. A, a, know. Adderall or something. I know. You know, speaking of healthcare, do you know? I was gonna. I'll mention this while you're on because you mentioned healthcare. Do you know that my healthcare provider was just taken over by Amazon? Oh, Amazon, that, Amazon I, just bought my healthcare I, provider. I'm sorry. That's not <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's not. It's just the, the world we live in. I mean, the yeah. good thing is, the good thing is that here I can get my doctor. I can get I, my doctor will, will uh, I can I can get my doctor delivered to me in two days. That's good. That's, that's yes. Good. Very, very funny. You're quite the comedian. No, no. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I don't know. I, I don't know what that means that Amazon bought my healthcare provider. Uh, what what my healthcare provider is one medical, and they, uh, Amazon bought one medical, which means one medical was doing very well, so that's good. But I they gave, they sent an email to me, and they said we've been bought by Amazon, and the email was basically like, don't worry, everything's the same. Who was your but, insurance before? No, no one one medical is my is my health. In other words, one medical is my doctor. That's that's a it's like a clinic. Oh, okay. I'm your, it's, it's not, it's not look. I don't want. It's not like a clinic. You have to pay like a yearly fee for it. You okay, know, I... but, they, but they but they provide like doctors, and you can just make appointments, and it's really great one medical, and they have they have like five, like twenty offices in San Francisco, twenty offices in New York. They're in almost every city. Do you know if they're in Southern California, yeah. They, what is that? Say again. Do you know if they're in Southern California? I'm, I'm sure they're in. I'll check. I'm sure they're in L.A. It's oh not yeah, that it's, big. yeah. It's, it says they are in uh, where I live in Southern. Yeah, California. it's not that it's not that expensive. It's like a hundred and something bucks a year, and you know, and then oh, okay. you have the access, but but um. They have been bought by Amazon, and I, I read something about Amazon doing healthcare. I didn't know what the hell they meant. Oh no, yeah, they they're getting into, into medical and pharmacy too. So I, I don't know what this means. Does that does this mean like Amazon Prime? I get certain benefits for healthcare. Uh, I, I don't will, I, don't, I don't think this is part of the Prime service specifically, but it does mean that Amazon just you know they're trying to become a monopoly, and eventually they'll be like like a uh, Amazon restaurant, you know, an Amazon movie theater. It's just a, becoming more and more of a monopoly. Daniel said Amazon Gynecology Prime. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, Mike, uh, do you have right, a okay. Thanks for the call. I always appreciate Call more often. You're very entertaining. No, 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 Mike. You know, I need to make you miss me. You know, if, if I call every day. Oh, oh you yeah. You couldn't be a regular. No, I know. I don't deserve that. Okay. All right. No, it's always fun. Okay. So do you have anything else to say? Not to you. Go, oh, go okay. away. I got more, I got more to say in a minute. Well, I, I thought your shows are only like an hour and a half or something. It is. It's, they've been going lately. They've been going ninety minutes to two hours lately. Uh, okay. Well, until next time. See yeah. Ya. All right, Karthik. Good Thanks. talk. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, I've been telling me I got a. No one's telling me I only got ninety minutes. I can do ninety, sixty, one hundred and twenty, eight, two hundred. We could do a mar. Maybe one day I'll do a marathon. I'll just keep talking. I'll keep. I'll do like a. a the, did you see they had that twenty four seven prayer marathon, where those kids were praying twenty four seven for two weeks. And like thousands of like 20, 50, 100,000 people showed up to this campus. They only had 2,000 students and it got so overwhelming they had to stop it because people were coming from all over the world to see the <laughs> this prayer thing. So we can, we can mock that as much as we want, but people are into it, baby. There are a lot of people into it, not hurting anybody. They were young kids. They were college kids who like prayer and believe in that thing. A little kooky. They were talking about. One girl was talking about people being like, you know, healed and that's all nonsense. That's all. Look, this happened during COVID, right? People went on Twitter and said, I, I, I know 85 people who died yesterday and they lied just to get their stupid narrative going. And there are people who do that who believe in religion. They want you to believe in their religion. Once again, COVID is a religion. And so people who believe in religion want you to believe in their religion. Now, some some don't. Some just, you know want to do their thing and don't want to indoctrinate, but they're those who do. So what's the best way to do that? You show up, you pretend to be injured. You put, you put a fake cast on your ankle, right? And you go up and you go into one of these healing things and the guy touches your head. I've always thought that was very entertaining. You know, when they like hit the person's head and they start like oh, vibrating and going crazy. And then they go, Oh my God, I can walk. And so you do that. Obviously you're, you're a liar, but you want to do that to try to indoctrinate people into believing in your narrative. So people do that and the kids bought it. You know, people go up, they pretend they have a broken ankle. This girl had a broken ankle and the guy said, you're healed. And she took it off and she walked away. Of course, that's all bullshit. I do believe in science, um, not Fauci science, but actual science. And uh, I don't believe in hocus, 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 pocus stuff. Um, but uh, it was interesting, a 24-7 prayer thing. So maybe I'll do a 24-7 talk marathon. 24-7 talk marathon. And Daniel doesn't live far away, so he can bring me food and water and, uh, and medicine, whatever I need to do my, uh, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he will, my 24-7 uh, you know, prayer marathon, 24-7 uh, uh, talk podcast marathon. Um, what is one more thing? I, oh, you know what? I'm seeing these dots on people's heads today, these little things on people's foreheads. And every time this happens, I wonder what the hell's going on. Why do people have dirt on their foreheads? And obviously today was uh, Ash Wednesday. So that is why. It, it, always, it always fools me. It always takes me a minute to say, oh, shit, it's Ash Wednesday. I, I never, you know, once again, not a religious person, so I don't really believe in that kind of a thing, getting ashes on your forehead and leaving it there all day. Supposedly you can't wash it off till the end. I don't know. Raymond Arroyo was just had his, you know, that's more, isn't that more virtue? Isn't that a, a kind of virtue signaling too? Isn't that a kind of virtue signaling? Maybe that's the, 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 the right wing virtue signaling to put ashes on your forehead. Never understood that. Um, all right. 
what else? What else? What else? Anything else? I think that's it. I think we, we really covered a lot of stuff today. We covered a lot of good stuff. And there'll be more. There will be more. Um, we'll talk more about Don Lamont. I'm sure everyone's very excited that Don Lamont has, has uh, finished his training. He, what was it? 24 hours of training. Uh, and he'll be back. He's back on the air. So we're happy for Don Lamont being back on the air. Um, basically, that was us. That was CNN saying, you're black and you're gay and we can't fire you. And you got us by the balls. So that was that. That's why Don Lamont is still on the air. That's the real reason why Don Lamont is still on the air. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, well, that's it. I think we're going to, we're going to wind the show down here, but, but I want to remind everybody once again, that next Monday, next Monday, the 27th, this coming Monday, the 27th, the show will air prime time as a special prime time edition of unless be heard. It'll be seven thirty PM Pacific, 10 30 PM Eastern. I'm having on John Dennis, who is the chairman of the San Francisco GOP, the San Francisco Republican Party. And we'll talk about the state of affairs in San Francisco, the state of affairs in California, the state of affairs in this country, maybe his take on the presidential uh, election and these the uh, current uh, candidates. And that'll be Monday. But until then, this show airs, as usual, weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Keep that in mind. And, of course, I'll be right back here tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.